0: Welcome to another beautiful Friday. I'm Dan Van Zelen. This is Speaking for Him, and here's your host,
1: Andrew Gommerson. Hello, everybody. Today on the show, we're going to do a tribute to motherhood, honor your mother. And I know you're looking at your calendars right now saying Mother's Day has been here and gone, but because of hectic schedules and coordinating recording times and my transportation and all that jazz... Here we are at the end of May talking about our mothers. But it's good to talk about your mothers and how uh, great they are to you every day. So I don't think it's bad that we're getting to this a little late. Um, And what a way to uh, wrap up the month of May um, for us. So here we are. Uh, I'm actually basing this podcast, something I have rarely done, um, I'm actually basing this podcast on a, on a sermon that I preached on Mother's Day. So if you want to experience that and enjoy that, you can go to my uh, website very soon and download the full sermon. But today, we're going to talk about um, some certain points about God's commands regarding honoring our mothers and then some examples from the Bible of people who did that. But first of all, I want to say uh, a great thank you to my mother for her influence in my life. It was because of my mother that I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ and it's because of my mother that I'm here in these studios recording this podcast because she encouraged me to contact the radio station about my ministry many years ago. And one thing led to another, and I've been doing this podcast for almost seven years now. So thank you, Mom, for your influence in my life and for allowing me to grow and to flourish, to do the things that God called me to do and to be the best person I could be. Dan, is there anything that you would like to say to your mother? Um,
0: <laughs> well, you kind of set all the good points, you know? <laughs> This is My mom it was, you know, always there for me, you know, has always cared for me. You know, she has her bad points as well as her good points like anybody. But, um, yeah, I don't remember ever feeling like my parents looked down on
1: me or disliked me or anything. So, yes, we've both been very blessed with very involved godly parents. That's awesome. So uh, we're going to dig into our show today. And Dan, can you start us off with our quote of the day? Indeed.
0: Mother love is the fuel that enables a normal human being to do the
1: impossible. Marion Sieg Garrity. And I kind of already talked about that in my tribute to my mom, uh, that she, um, she was the one person growing up and still is kind of that one person that I can go to with a dream, something that I really want to do, something that I have a passion for, and she doesn't immediately dismiss it out of hand. You know, some people, when you're saying, when you say, I want to do this eventually, or I want to, want to be this eventually, they, they think they're just being realists, but they're actually being downers, and they <laughs> say, there's no way you can do that, and kind of shut you down at the pass. But she was always someone that I could go to with my dreams, no matter how far-fetched they seemed. And she was always on board, rooting for me. Now, they don't always work out the way I want them to, but she's always there rooting for me, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, so I definitely agree with the tenor of this quote. All right, we're going to talk about some commands that God gave for honoring our mothers. And the first one I want to address is despise not your mother.
0: Proverbs 23, 22 through 25.
1: Hearken unto thy
0: father that begat thee and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. The father, thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice.
1: Uh, well, I, in this, I just think that this is a very, um, important passage here, um, especially in this day and age when we're very in, individualistic as a U.S. culture, um, and we have this thing where, um, you know, where, where, kids go off and seek their own fortune and do their own thing and and that's okay that's what we should be doing but we also i think need to remember that we need to take care of our parents as they age because they took care of us and i think yep. that's what that's what the writer of this proverb is saying um and in the second part of it it just talks about if we're righteous if we're following god our, our we'll give our father um reason to rejoice and um, our our mother will have joy because they'll know that we are following the one who has all the answers, and um, and I just think it's really neat. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she who bore thee shall rejoice. I think there's a lot of parents that that grieve for their kids when they make f- foolish and bad choices. Um, but the reverse is true when we're able to make godly choices and follow after the Lord and that's really all my parents ever really wanted for me and so I'm very grateful for that support and and hope and pray that I've given them reason to rejoice not through my own strength of course but through what God has done uh, through me and for me. Uh, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on this passage? Well I've seen both sides of it Um
0: my aunt and Deb has four kids and Now, 25 grandkids with number 26 on the way. (laughs) So, and she's, and her kids are, uh, you know, are very much into Christ and trying to do the right thing. And even though I think sometimes my cousins have some strange ideas, they their hearts are really definitely in the right place. On the other hand, (coughs) excuse me, my Aunt Sue, her two oldest children have turned away from God and have gone their own way. And I have not seen her eldest, my cousin Michelle, in um. Great. How long has it been? More than a decade, you know. Wow. And then my cousin David, the middle child, the you know the very he was as a child no my way or the highway kind of guy. Yeah, he thinks he's gay, and he's been you know not having the greatest of life. But her youngest, he still follows God. And unfortunately for her, he happens to be in a job that keeps him very, very busy with unusual scheduling. So he doesn't get to see her as often. But still, you know, it's yeah, that's that's,
1: quite the difference. Yeah, that's definitely a struggle for my parents. You know, I, I'm pretty sure they kind of had this like type of idea that we would kind of all stay around. White collar jobs, fairly local, <laughs> and And see them often. Uh, and my brothers many of them fell a call to the military so that has put them um in various locations throughout the United States mm-hmm. and sometimes for periods of time around the world um so it's been very difficult in a lot of ways for my parents to uh adjust to that but God it always is but God has been faithful and uh now I have an uh you know another brother leaving for the navy this summer and he just recently graduated from college. So he's going into officer training school. That's so, going to be fun. Um, my, my parents were not expecting it. They already had four, um, kids and a, and a son-in-law in the military. So they were not expecting this last one, but, um, I think they, I think they're over the shock now and, and, and they're very proud of him and as are we all. So. Yep. And as, um, the first part of this verse, when it
0: says not to despise thy parents when they're old, uh as a point of fact, my Aunt Deb is looking after my grandfather, who is, I think, 93, if I'm not mistaken. And he is, well, senile. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he has trouble getting anywhere his body is breaking down on him. His mind is halfway gone, you know. And it's such a difference because I can remember like not even even five years ago he was a much stronger, fitter man, and now he's kind yeah. of wasting away, and it's hard on everybody, but my aunt's very committed to looking after him as much as she's able
1: to and what a testimony that is mhm all right, so our next point is don't use God as an excuse
0: matthew fifteen three through nine but he answered and said unto them. Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift. By whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus ye have made the commandment of God of of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites Well did uh, Asias prophesy unto you, say This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the
1: commandments of men. I find this passage really interesting because on the surface you would think that if he's gonna talk about dishonoring your parents, he would talk about cursing, he would talk about walking away from the church, he would talk uh-huh. about any number of things, and he does in other portions of scripture don't get me wrong, no. but the thing that he's addressing here, interestingly enough is seemingly service to God um, basically what Jesus is saying here is we need balance, we can't use our quote unquote godliness as an excuse to not care for our families you know, you were talking about uh, a few minutes ago the um uh the commitment that your aunt has to your uh to your to your grandfather or her father is that her father yes um and these things go hand in hand with having a, a godly world view and and what Jesus was addressing was there were pharisees who would say well i'm giving all my money to god so i can't take care of my parents and jesus <laughs> said that's not acceptable no. So, I think it's important for us to make sure that we realize that biblical truths will balance each other out and there's never a biblical truth that allows you to ignore another biblical truth. They all work together.
0: No, nope. trying to do that is insulting to God and to yourself.
1: It it is because God has a perfect framework for the way uh things should go. Do you have any additional thoughts on this passage? Um
0: well, you kind of covered it fairly well, but I'd, I'd, uh, not hasten to, but I think it should be brought up that it's not just the Pharisees that have been teaching this kind of junk. It's even modern, you know, modern day churches. Oh, absolutely.
1: That's why I put it in here because I feel like it becomes this thing, you know, kind of like I was talking about in the intro where, uh, where we've become a very individualistic society and we, and we go off and do our own thing and, and I believe that nursing homes have their place. My grandmother is in a nursing home right now because she has all, she has dementia. It's not mm-hmm. Alzheimer's because she doesn't know who we are, but, yep. um, she has dementia and so we can't take care of her. And now that my grandpa is gone, uh, oh, we put her in the nursing home for her own safety. Oh yeah. But, but- nursing
0: homes are for, you know, when you can't safely take care of your, but
1: parents. I but I think there are too many people in nursing homes just because their families don't want the responsibility of taking care of them. Oh yeah, that's it's, it's been far a bur- too it's been a burden on me for a lot of years. That um, nursing homes have their place, but but they shouldn't be a catch all so that you can just continue a lavish life uh, without your without taking care of your parents. Although uh, it is true that
0: for some people
1: they. It's the expenses of
0: getting your parents to where you are at now that can be a problem as well.
1: Well, I mean that that is that can be true as well as we've spread out, you know, we're not in the close knit communities that we used to be in. Yeah. That is very true. It's it's it, a it different can be world.
0: Hard. I mean it it wasn't exactly inexpensive for my aunt to get my grandfather from the West Coast to here.
1: Well, I think that's one of the points I'm trying to make though, is that God's will is often not easy. No, And so it's not always about what's the most convenient. It's not always about what's the cheapest uh, or the easiest. It sometimes is about the hardness, the hard way, Um because Jesus said narrow is the gate that leads to life. Mm-hmm. And he said we would have tribulation in the world, but to be a good cheer because he's overcome it. So he's not promising us an easy life, but he is promising us, rewards of blessing from him if we follow his way
0: yep although also interesting i don't know if you know this and i only found this out recently because of my grandfather's situation but there are daycares around for uh adults like my grandfather or your grandmother who are you know not able to take care of themselves properly but their kids still have to work
1: you know, yeah, there are, and and also respite care. So sometimes, if you need a day or two off, yep, you can get that. So it's good to have those resources. It's, always, it's
0: great to have like the one, like the uh, hospice
1: home care stuff too. Absolutely, you know? I love the fact that we have so many of them here. Yeah, there's so many options now um, that you're definitely not alone if you're walking through that. So I'll, I would encourage you to uh, to look. Um, uh, to Google and look online and find options. Uh, Rest Haven Homes, where we have my grandmother and where my, uh, brother works and my sister works, it has three tiers of care. One uh-huh. is totally independent, one is assisted living, and one is total care. So you can literally move in there when you're totally independent and stay there as you progress in needing more care. So it's, it's a really neat place in that regard.
0: It's very, it's very nice for, um, the people whose children are in hard times or don't have many children. Oh, absolutely.
1: Well, that's the thing I always wonder about, uh, even married people who make the decision we're not going to have children. Like, I mean, very realistically speaking, who's going to take care of you when you get old if you have no, um, no children? If yeah. you choose to have no, Progeny. Now, I'm not. I'm not talking about people that don't get married because God didn't lead them to get married. They still need to be taken care of, and hopefully, they'll have church families and friends to help them.
0: Or perhaps God will take them before they can't take care of themselves.
1: Or maybe that maybe that would be the case too. But I am talking about. I think sometimes we have to to evaluate that because something that sounds good in your mid twenties or your (laughs) mid thirties, when you reach the mid sixties and you don't have any relatives because you chose not to have any children. I mean, that's got to make you think or at least pause, I would think. Yep. Um so just just some thoughts to consider. Okay, uh now I want to look at a couple examples from scripture of people and the way they honored their mothers. So let's start with Ruth.
0: Ruth one fifteen through 17. And she said, "Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods." Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part
1: thee from me. This is a uh, a really uh convicting story to me because it just shows the the level of loyalty there is is very uncommon because yep. this is a a girl that was a foreigner um so to put it in modern terms, it would be like some maybe someone from Israel or from Mexico or from Pakistan. Canada or from any number of places comes over to the u s. You know, to, to, or like you said, Pakistan maybe even is a better example just because of the cultural differences. Like yep. she goes from Gentile Moab to serving the one true God in Israel. And she does it without her husband who was yep. Jewish, but she loves her mother-in-law. And I, I love the fact that even though, even though Naomi was miserable and she said when she got back to Bethlehem, the Lord has brought me out full and brought me back empty. You know, she says that with, with Ruth standing right next to her, and Ruth was one of the greatest blessings in her life, but she didn't totally realize it at the time, but as time went on, she realized more and more how much of a blessing Ruth was.
0: Yep. And, you know, the, part of the reason I suggest Pakistan is because it has, as far as I'm aware, one of the closest, um, cultures to what Moab would have been okay. at the time.
1: Yeah, that and, makes sense.
0: And you gotta remember too that, um, Ruth was in her home country when her husband died and her father-in-law died and her brother-in-law all died. Yep. She was in her home country and her sister-in-law went off to her people so that she could be remarried and be taken care of, which was the custom of the day, even in Israel. And Ruth said, nope, I'm going with you. I'm going with you, Naomi.
1: I am going to make sure you are taken care of. And what I find interesting about that show is that one way or another, it seems like uh, Ruth had some idea um that even though Naomi was bitter, she was still following God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and because she said, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And so she's giving up her very uh physical, cultural identity to be identified as a, an a Jew and as an Israelite. And she eventually is in the family line of Jesus. Yeah. So, <laughs> And another thing that
0: kind of gets glossed over a lot is how much of uh, – of a missionary, of a, of a teacher, evangelist, Naomi must have been.
1: Oh, but just absolutely. by her
0: example, n- not even needing to tell Ruth about her God, but just by her example, she brought Ruth to God.
1: Well, and even and like and I said, before she even, Ruth even lived with her. And like I said, the the weirdest thing to me is she basically had the most cruddy experience you could possibly have, and she was all bitter and stuff. But still, the the strength of god somehow still shine through so even when we go through bad times we can still emanate or and show forth the light of god even through our bad times
0: naomi naomi's um whole thing i've come back empty uh she wasn't counting ruth in that because of part of the reason you just you didn't do it back in that day it's so very patriarchal that you're, if you had a, if she came back, if she had a daughter herself and came back with just that daughter and no sons, she still would have said that.
1: That's a good point. I didn't think about it in those terms, but you're probably Cause it right. was, because of the way the law was set up at the time, you had to have a son to be able to
0: carry on the family line and the monies and the land and all that, which is why Roa, or um, um, crap, what was his name again? Boaz? Boaz, yes. Which is why Boaz was, it was, it was such a big deal that Boaz decided to be the kinsman redeemer for Ruth and
1: Naomi. Mm-hmm. Because he voluntarily gave up some of his, uh,
0: land and money and even
1: his yeah. um,
0: reputation probably took something of a hit.
1: Well, and, well, and also because the firstborn, their firstborn, and we don't know if they had any other children. Yep. But their firstborn was, was legally considered the heir of her first husband of Naomi's line, yes. Yep. So, all right. And our next example is Solomon, First Kings two, two nineteen twenty.
0: Bathsheba therefore went unto King Solomon to speak unto him for a Adonijah, I think so? Adonijah, yeah. Oh, Adonijah, thank you. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed himself unto her and sat down on his throne and caused a seat to be set for her, the king's mother, and she sat on his right hand. Then she said, I desire one small petition of thee. I pray thee, say me not nay. And the king said
1: unto her, ask on my mother, for I will not say thee nay. And I just want to bring out a couple things here. First of all, we find out later that Adonijah had a nefarious plan for his request. He wanted Abishag, the uh, concubine of David, as a wife, but then he wanted to uh, supplant David as a ruler. So that's not a good thing. And of Solomon. Solomon, <laughs> uh, Sol- well, Solomon. David's line. It happened I mean, to David Solomon. too, so it's yeah. very
0: easy to get confused.
1: Well, I, I, what I, what I meant was he wanted to take over David's line and yes. and supplant Solomon. But what I like here is Solomon's response to his mother. Cuz when when Bathsheba comes in, he not only welcomes her in, he bows down and does her honor that way. And then he has a throne set up at his right hand. And then he says, whatever you ask me, mom, I will give you. And uh not a lot of us are in a position like that where we're able to say that. Yep. But just the attitude of reverence and honor that he had for his mom was so great. It should probably be noted that this is also the time where he was
0: drawing away from God. You know, when he had his uh, hundreds of wives and thousands of concubines, and, you know kind of screwing himself over.
1: <laughs> well, I, I I don't know. I think it's still kind of early, but, but you're right. He's getting to that point where he's going to get too self-absorbed and then he'll come back and write Ecclesiastes and talk about how good God is, even though he was a fool. Yeah. <laughs> so God really worked uh, strongly in Solomon's life. Remember Solomon asked for wisdom and got gold and everything else too as well. So, <laughs> But I just really like the way that he treated his mother. And mm-hmm. I think especially when you realize the origin of how Bathsheba became the wife of David and all that yes, dark the, story. The you, you really see how God brings beauty from ashes. Yes. So
0: you, know, you um, got you always have to feel a little bit bad for Bathsheba. There's no fault really no fault of her own. David gets, you know, obsessed with her Kills her husband, and then her firstborn with David
1: dies. Well, you know, I I always find that story interesting because it never says that David forced her. No. It doesn't. It doesn't say she was raped. As a matter of fact, there's a, one passage where it says that she sinned with David, so she, in a way, knew what she was doing. But at the same time, I agree with you that David was abusing his authority. And obviously, if the king tells you that he wants you, you can't um, really say you no. Can't really say no, even if you wanted to. So, um you know, I don't know if we'll ever find out the all the full truth of that. We don't need to because it's in the past. No, and God still in Acts called David a man after His own heart because so,
0: David was repentant and did so absolutely.
1: Fully. And I'm and I'm pretty sure that the, one of the reasons that Solomon treated his mother this way is because he watched the example of his father. I am yep. almost positive of that. So. um just some notes. And then finally, uh, uh, Jesus.
0: Luke 2, 51 and 52, and John 19, 25 through 27. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he unto his disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour the disciple took her unto his own home.
1: Well, the first passage, we see that Jesus, the perfect Son of God, went back, ...to Nazareth and was subject to imperfect parents. Yep. And that must have really bugged his uh brothers and sisters, <laughs> the, which uh, explains the later passage where you find out that his brothers were mocking him and they didn't believe he was who he said he was because they probably were frustrated. And a little um, jealous. And a little jealous. I don't know if his parents said, why can't you be more like Jesus? But that would have <laughs> been a little difficult. <laughs> It would
0: have been difficult, but they wouldn't have had to set it say it because mm-hmm. Jesus' example would have said it for him.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I know a lot of times parents will be like, "Why can't you be more like your brother?" You know, that's that's a common. Why can't you be more re, like sibling? In this so and so. Situation. I don't know if you ever heard that. Um, uh, I was the
0: oldest, so it was more often said
1: about me than to me. I don't know if my parents used it a whole lot, but I've heard it from other sources.
0: Yeah, I don't think my
1: parents actually um, used
0: it all that much either for.
1: And then to be the honest. second and then the second passage is Jesus um making sure that his mother was taken care of as the oldest son uh-huh. in Jewish culture he had a responsibility to make sure that his mother was well taken care of and he's having this conversation with Mary and John while he's on the cross. Yep. That is very humbling to me because he's hanging between heaven and earth. He's battling between heaven and hell. And he's still caring for other people. It's yep. pretty amazing.
0: And it also says some sort, some sad things too. You know, his dad must be dead by that point. Yes. Joseph must be dead, which is a sad thing because Joseph was, if not a perfect man, a very good man.
1: Yes. The Bible says he was a just man. Yes.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, Jesus' brothers aren't around. And for one reason or the other, in the way he says this proclaims that his brothers weren't able to look after his mother
1: yeah and I'm pretty sure a lot of it had to do with their jealousy toward him and and the fact that they weren't of the faith yet so
0: yeah that might be so it might there might have been other reasons it doesn't really matter, but it what it' what Jesus was saying there is there is no one who can who currently can take care of my mother when i'm God, so
1: you do it <laughs> yeah and john you know John must have been prepared because he didn't hesitate
0: no. I, I want you know in a lot of times in his book he says the disciple loved by Jesus, but I kind of wonder if because the English only has one word for love versus the I don't know how many like, I think thirteen in Hebrew. <laughs> I always wonder what kind of love they're talking about there. But yeah, even I, so, I it would assume that John's and Jesus his families were fairly close for them to say that.
1: I, I would think so too, and especially when you realize that John was in the inner circle of three disciples uh-huh. that often were called called apart separately. So,
0: yep. Whereas Peter had the headship of the church, and John had other things to look after.
1: So, anyway, uh, we don't have to remind you to do your do your Mother's Day shopping because if you haven't done that yet, you're already in the doghouse. But we just <coughs> wanted. But we just wanted to say to the mothers in our audience, happy Mother's Day belated. And we hope that you had a great uh, day of being treasured and honored. And uh, um, I still have to take my mom out to eat uh, somewhere um, <laughs> one-on-one. It's been a while, but, but she's been pretty busy as she always is. So once again, mom, thank you for all you do. And to all the moms in my audience, thank you as well. And that's all we have time for this week. So I'll just say, have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gommerson, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.